Hey, I'm so glad that you're here with us on Good Friday here at Our Savior's Church. And I just wanna welcome you uh, today. I know that, I don't know where you're at. Some of you may be boiling crawfish. It's the biggest crawfish day of crawfish season. Some of you may be grocery shopping. Others of you may be sitting in your uh, kid's bedroom watching us on, on their computer. But we're just so glad you're with us. And I know for like many of you during this season, uh, we can all relate because I was a person that was lost without God 41 years ago. I didn't have any direction for my life or knew what God's purpose was either. It was kind of like trying to shoot at a target but not knowing where the, the bullseye was. But I came to know the Lord I actually in May 14th, 1980, a Wednesday. And from that day forward, God has changed my life. And so hopefully this message will stir you in your faith. Maybe you might not know the Lord. Hopefully this message can bring you to a place where you can see that it's not about a religion, it's about a person and what he can do and what that person did, the ultimate sacrifice. We know that the ultimate sacrifice is what Jesus did on the cross. And that's what I wanna to talk to you today about living under the shadow of the cross. There's a couple of scriptures I wanna talk to you about. The first scripture comes from 1 Corinthians chapter two. It said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ crucified. Then just down a little further on verse 23, he says this, we preach Christ crucified. What does that mean, Pastor Baba? You know, I know that Jesus said this. He said, deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me. Why is it important to dedicate a time or a season during this time to, to sit under the shadow of the cross of Jesus Christ once again? Actually, every year for many years now I take about the 40 days of Lent and what I do is I begin to examine my heart and begin to read the stories of Jesus and what he did and how he prepared himself for the ultimate sacrifice God sent what the first Adam that came and he blew it in the garden we know that story but he then he sent his son the second Adam and what he did he lived in obedience he lived sinless he was born of a virgin he died on the cross and he rose from the grave the Bible says the same spirit that rose him from the grave can live inside of us. And so he said, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. And so under the shadow of the cross, sin doesn't surprise us anymore. Doesn't depress us anymore. It doesn't move or deny or defend. Under the shadow of the cross, we remember this, that, that who we are and what we're dealing with. We quit pointing fingers and begin crying out for help. I know that we, we, we're reminded that we're not in a battle alone anymore. Not only that, we get our sanity back. And many of you, you go, Pastor Bubba, you don't know about my sanity. I have lots of children. And see, the shadow of the cross is the place of peace and protection that can be found nowhere else. Someone said, well, Pastor Bubba, I just can't wait to get rid of my problems. Let me tell you, there's two ways to live without problems. The first way is to never be born. And the second way is to die. But don't die without Jesus before he decides it's time. We don't want you to go to hell. So here it is. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of God. You see, let the shadow of the cross be your teacher. See, the first thing, it teaches us who we are. Sitting under the shadow of the cross shatters a delusion 
that we are free from a need that we originally brought us to Jesus. In other words, what I mean by that is that we have to remember sometimes where we were before we met Jesus and we began to walk this walk out. And sometimes we allow our hearts to get cold, we make decisions that aren't pleasing to God, or we just make this, we just become lazy. And the one thing that we have to remember is that God gave us divine grace under the shadow of the cross. He teaches us who we are, that we are receivers of his divine grace. It teaches us what we need. You see, the cross is the ultimate diagnostic. See, it actually points its finger on the, the ultimate disease and then offers the only reliable cure. See, the cross preaches that sin is our problem and, and then that we, we need rescuing. That's what it does. It's a diagnosis. Here's your problem, sin. Sometimes we go, well, I have these problems. Well, the ultimate problem is we're living for ourselves. It's a oneness that we need to get rid of. It's a selfishness that we need to get rid of. It actually points its finger on that. It's saying, not only do you need rescuing, you need forgiving. You need transforming. You, God wants to deliver you. He, delivering grace is the only medicine that will provide a cure for everything you and I need. The, the cross also teaches us who God is. I've had many people with discussions and they tell me their view of God. And then I look at them and I go, well, wait a minute. Have you ever read the Bible? It, and well, I've tried. You know, I heard of a guy, it was actually Billy Graham. He went and they were, he was making this tour in the UN. And they go, hey, here's our prayer room. And when he walked in, he was surprised. He goes, you know, there's something missing here in this prayer room. He says, there's no cross here. And I, and I believe for many of us, it comes a point in our lives that our will has to be crossed by the will of God. And we begin to find the cross preaches saving grace. It unleashes its power and its unlimited sovereignty to draw rebels like myself and many of you to him. It teaches us that God, that, that God doesn't look at sinners with disdain and disgust, but with generous and tender love. We don't get to clean ourselves. We don't clean ourselves up to go to God. We only need to come with humble confession and saying, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. See, the cross allows unholy people to look in the face of God and have hope. It teaches us, the fourth thing is, it teaches us what God offers us. You know, God offers us one thing that no other person or thing can. He offers us grace and forgiveness. The grace is of welcome relationship with him. The grace of personal transformation that you used to live this way, you used to be this way, but now you're no longer that way because of the transforming grace and the power of God. The grace of new identity, new potential. Hey, look, I remember looking at my, I have a, a, my license when I got, right before I got saved, I had smoked a joint before I went on my motorcycle test. And they have a picture of me and I'm just like, then I had one later of me being saved, only a few weeks after that. And you look at them, the picture's not even the same. And see, I believe this, you get a new identity. 
all of a sudden you were this, you did that, you did this, and then all of a sudden people talk behind your back and it's different, man. Man, you remember when they used to be this way, they used to talk that way, act this way? But look what God has done. You get a new identity, a new potential, and they go, man, look at what he's done. Look where he's gone. The grace of a glorious and fully secured destiny that I live in eternity. You will live in eternity with Jesus when you give your life to him. Yes, he offers grace upon grace. It also teaches us how we should love. It teaches us about who we are and what we need. It teaches us we need to pray with our eyes to see and our hearts to be aware of the enemy of temptation and what, how sin lies about. It's, it begins, we need to say, God, open my eyes. Give me Jesus' contact lenses that I begin to see things like you want me to see them. Then you need to start out the day going, God, open my eyes. I don't want to fall in that, that trap. I feel like I keep getting in that trap and all of a sudden I get released and I, I feel like I keep going back to it. You got to change the channel, guys. You see, it teaches us to be humble and ready to start every day with cries out going, God, rescue me and give me strength for what I need. God, when I'm about to walk in the direction, remind me, show me what I need to do. Tell me how to turn away from that. Teach me, you know, to, to, you know to, to strengthen myself. God wants you to strengthen yourself. Listen, if, it's like this. If you don't eat during the day, you're going to be weak. And see, if you don't eat on the word of God and make it a steady diet, you're going to be weak and you're going to fall into temptation. You're not going to hear God's voice of rescue. That's what the cross shows us. When I say the cross, it's that, it's that we, we have to understand it's a relationship. All of a sudden, what used to not make sense to us, makes sense to us today. You see, the last and the final thing, it gives us hope and courage. You know, when I always think about courage, I think of the Wizard of Oz and the Cowardly Lion. And when he was trying to get courage, he went, I need, I want, he couldn't say courage, courage. And for some of us, we know that there's things that need to happen and we, have, we need courage to step out and believe God and we need to have a hope that can transform us, a hope that, man, things can be different, things can change. I was getting chemotherapy a couple of weeks ago and a lady asked me, she goes, is this your first time? I go, no, ma'am. I've been doing this off and on for 10 years. And she started crying. I said, well, she goes, but I'm afraid to die. And they only give me so much. And I said, stop. No one ever puts a time on you. Only God has an expiration date for each of us. And they ended up praying for her. She needed hope. She was listening to other people's voices, the voices that speak to us. Every day we have voices come our way. Hey, do this. Are we ever, we're voices God says, just draw to me. You see, it teaches us to be unafraid and to admit and to confess sin. Wait, 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 Pastor Baba. Look, if you want wholeness, you got to be willing to confess something. You know, a funny thing happened to me the other day. and I was at the doctor's office and there's this nurse that... You think it's funny. I didn't think it's funny. But I went over there and I just kind of rubbed her shoulders twice. And actually, I thought it was Paula Roy's sister, Patricia. 
because her and I tease each other. And it was the wrong lady. It was a lady that collects the bills. And I was like, oh my gosh, she probably thinks I'm like a pervert or something. And I remember going, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm going to drive to the office and tell her I'm sorry. I thought she was someone, but I was in such shock. I, I, if you know me, I was speechless. That's hard for me. And then I saw her at Green's restaurant. She came in with another lady, the lady, and I went over to her and said, hey, man, look, I'm sorry. The other day when I was kind of coming out, I thought you were Patricia. And she goes, and, and I said, that's when I kind of rubbed your shoulder twice. I just went like this. And she said, I'm so sorry. And I go, I'm not a pervert, and I don't make hit on women, but will you forgive me? And she goes, oh, don't worry about it. And you might be laughing on the other end, but for me, it was a serious thing. And see, we got to be willing to confess, even in our marriages. Sometimes, I know my wife and I, I remember one couple of weeks ago, she goes, we're not going to stop talking till we get real with all of this. And I'm like, oh, man. Because, and, and I'm just going to tell you, see, and if we don't get real, we're not going to be real with each other what you do at night as married couples. I'm like, well, I got to get real. She put me in a corner. You see, we are not, we, not, we're not powerful and capable to do things by ourselves. We need the power of God. But here's the thing. Here's the clinch. Because Jesus is the victor, there's nothing that will ever, that will ever face inside on the outside that exists outside the circle of complete victory on the cross. Jesus went to the cross and he didn't stay there. And that's what Pastor Josh will bring to us on Easter. He'll talk about the power of the cross. But let me just tell you something. In resurrection, but I'm talking to you about the power of the cross. Jesus was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice to go to the cross. And we know the night before that he was betrayed, he, he actually did communion with disciples. And I'd ask you right now just to get your communion cup. And when I think about that, the night that he was betrayed, he said, he said this bread represents me. That my body was willing, I was willing to allow my body to be broken. See, Jesus came. He knew the ultimate sacrifice is to give himself for you and I. That there needed to be a sacrificial lamb and he was it. So why did God have to, why did Jesus have to die for us? Because he came to make the ultimate sacrifice that he wanted to show us and prove to us that he was willing to love us and that sin would no, have no power. He was willing to lay his life down to overcome the power of sin and death. That's why he was allowed his body to be broken. And he said that he took the cup and he said, this represents my blood. And he said, it's going to be shed for you guys. They, I don't think they caught everything actually but it represented that his blood would bring a cleansing and a freedom to us that we've all longed for it's the power of the blood of Jesus that frees us from sin frees us from guilt frees us from shame and it teaches us how to live in the shadow of the cross and so can we do this can you take your wafer or your bread or whatever you have at home can you just take it right now Take the cup. Go ahead. 
Can I just pray for you? Father, thank you for everyone that's joined us online. Father, we thank you that we know that there's power in the cross. And we know that ultimately that you came, that you gave yourself for me and for all of us that are watching. You came to give the ultimate sacrifice, to lay down your life. And God, that your body was broken, that you were willing to shed your blood to bring freedom and power to us. Thank you so much, Father. And I pray for those that just need that this morning. Let me just say this as we just come to a close. You have to come to God with that attitude of brokenness. What do you mean, Pastor? Being humble, like I shared. Just come say, this is me, man. I'm messed up. I need God. I need a change. And be willing to say whatever that is. And then, like me, you come to that point. I came to that point in May 14th, 1980. I bowed my knee and I said, God, I don't know where to start, but I'm full of sin, full of bitterness, doubt. I need you. And I cried out to God and he came. I, I, I repented. In other words, I said, I don't want that life anymore. I want to live for you, Jesus. And I've been on that journey. And he's the same God that he was 40 plus years ago that he is today. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's this God of rescue. And God can rescue you from yourself. And for whatever is clinging on to you that you feel like you can't have power to overcome. And so, Father, if you want to just pray this prayer with me, and we're going to close. Father, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Have your way. I see my sin. I hate my sin. I'm tired of my sin. I'm tired of the power that I've given over to it, that it just draws me. It directs me different places. But, Lord, I want my eyes to be set upon you. Not only forgive me, Jesus, but help me to have a new course that I have hope. I want you to rescue me. I need you. And help me from this day to look to you, to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with us, I want to encourage you. Come this Sunday. Hear our pastors give you a message of hope and a power of the resurrection. God bless you. Have a great day.